This Atlanta Braves team is already stacked, but could you imagine if the Braves got to add one single season from the past to this team? Just how incredible, even more incredible, this team could be. I'll answer that question and many others, including some of the non-roster invitees like Ken Giles, which was a surprise to many. We'll talk about all that on today's mailbag episode of Locked on Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked on Braves. Your daily Atlanta Braves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of a Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on social media at shortstopball. Also, make sure you check out my written work over at bravestoday.com, where we're just coming off a of prospect week. A lot of good stuff over there by Lindsay, who also does Locked On MLB Prospect, so he is the prospect guru so make sure you check all that out on bravestoday.com make sure you follow the podcast on social media at locked on underscore brave send in any questions comments or feedback that you have for the podcast i'm going to answer the questions you submitted to locked on underscore braves post on twitter on friday asking for our mailbag friday questions so thank you so much as always for sending those in if you're new on youtube hit that subscribe button we're almost to 9,000 subscribers, or about 100 away from that, and 1,100 away, if my math is correct, to 10,000 subscribers, which we're trying to get to by opening day. You can help me get there by hitting the thumbs up button on this video, telling a friend about the show. I really appreciate all the support you give me here at Lockdown Braves, whether you're watching on YouTube, listening on the audio version. Thank you so much for your support here at Lockdown Braves. And as you know, during the offseason, we do a lot of these live. So I want to give a shout out to some of those who are in here already. We got Barracuda. Leland said he's been waiting all week, all day for the Friday Mailbag Podcast. Thank you so much. The Wild One said we can get started now. He's here. Thank you so much for that. Our Guinnison here, Nick Harvey, Jeffrey Humphreys, Chuck McMillan, Trip Bishop, Joe Me, all in here right now. And I know we'll have several trickling in throughout the episode. And it is. The best podcast of the week, my favorite at least. It's the Mailbag Podcast. I am, I'm blown away how every week you continue to send in just more and more intriguing, interesting questions all off season and through the regular season. We'll do these as well. Thank you so much for that. And we got a lot of questions to answer today. Before we do, though, I want to let you know this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers join today, and you'll get two hundred dollars in bonus bets if. Your first five is your best bet of five dollars or more wins. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. All right, we got a lot of questions to answer here. And as always, it is a wide variety of questions. So I'm not even going to try to to tease you with any of these other than the ones I talked about in the description of this episode. If you read it, it's all over the place. Some non-roster stuff we'll get into, but just some really good and exciting questions. So make sure you stick around for all of them. First one comes from Cavs Buckeyes. Says, can you can add one position player single season from Braves history? For example, 1999 Chipper Jones to this year's team. You can't say Hank Aaron. Who do you pick? These questions are fun. However, I always say I'm going back to my time as a fan. I'm not the biggest historian in the world. I'm sure there's some Boston Bean Eaters player from 1800s that put up a, a fantastic season that would be great for this Braves team. I'm going back to, you know, really 1991 when I started 
following the Braves, my first memory of the Braves. And I'm going to say since then. And this is probably not what you were expecting. And this is certainly some bias in me, some homerism, whatever you want to call it. His card is sitting right behind me. I'm going to go with 2013 Andrelton Simmons. Now, bear with me for a second. He slashed just 248, 296, a terrible on-base percentage, 17 home runs, only struck out at an 8.4% rate that year, but just a 91 WRC+. plus. That's nearly 10 points below league average. But listen, listen. Still had a 3.5 war because of how good he was defensively. It was his first gold glove that he won. He actually finished 14th in the MVP voting that year, telling you just how good the defense was when he was below average hitter. It was the first of two times that he had 30 defensive runs saved in Atlanta. He had 41 defensive runs saved in 2017 for the Angels. So the reason I picked Simba here, though, is because you don't really need more offense to this lineup. And you could add 1999 Chipper Jones, certainly, and it would be great. It would be an upgrade over Austin Riley. But is it that big of an upgrade? You could probably go, you know, take an Andrew Jones season in center field, maybe move Michael Harris to left, stuff like that. You could do that kind of thing. But for me, I want to watch Angleton Simmons play again in his prime when he's healthy as the best defensive player in baseball, best defensive player I've ever seen. So you're asking me just personally, what season, what single season do I pick? I pick Andleton Simmons because I want that defense up the middle. Not that RC is terrible by any means, but he is no Andleton Simmons. And I would just love to have that defense up the middle behind this pitching staff. You can bat him down in the lineup, especially in this offense. It's just, I think it speaks more to this team. Uh, like, <laughs> There's a lot of great players in Braves history, even just going back to 1991. And like, who are you really, who are you really adding? <laughs> I mean, where are you really making a, a substantial upgrade on this team, even taking somebody from the past? Maybe a Javi Lopez season over what, but I think Sean Murphy is going to be the best catcher in baseball this year. I mean, Matt Olson, what he's coming off of, what first baseman are you taking over him? Maybe Freddie Freeman's, MVP season, but I mean, I think Matt Olson can be better than that. I think, I think this speaks more to the team the Braves have now that I just don't really see anybody historically that I take that is just that much of an upgrade over what this team already had. I see Jeffrey Humphrey saying Raphael for call. That's another one I was looking at because I was really looking at shortstop because you look at the other positions other than maybe left field. Again, I just don't see a huge upgrade. Who are you getting better? than Ronald, other than maybe a Hank Aaron season, be the only thing that would compete with that. I mean, even Michael Harris in center. I love Andrew Jones. I would certainly take him. I think Michael Harris you know, can give you pretty similar value, not to Andrew Jones, peak Andrew Jones, certainly. But uh, for me, Joe Me says Gary Sheffield and left. That'd be a really good one as well. But just as, you know, the Simba lover in me, and he just retired, and I'm over here watching Caribbean Series baseball just to get a glimpse of Simba, I want to see him back in his true form, at his peak, in his prime, playing defense. So that'd be the pick for me. But great question. Let me know what the pick would be for you. Who would be? What would be the one position player? Certainly, we're talking pitchers. It's a whole different conversation. But one position player, single season in Braves history. Which one would you add to this team? But very fun question there. Gus Shortstop says. Were you able to catch Lindsey Crosby's explanation of the farm system? He stated that our major league team paired with this farm system is arguably the best in the league. 
And I couldn't agree more. It's hard to argue that, especially when you consider just how young the major league talent is still mostly in their twenties. You know, maybe the Orioles are the only other team I can think of off the top of my head that have so much young talent from top to bottom. You know, they got a big flow of young talent coming in now and they still have the best farm system in baseball. They're maybe the only other team I can think of just top to bottom that could compete with the Braves. But certainly when you think of talent, and most of it is at the major league level, but you know, even you go into the farm system a little ways, I, I still think it's up there. I don't know if I would consider it the best. Like I said, the Orioles, you know, maybe even the Dodgers, they have a lot. If, you, if you're just looking at homegrown talent too, I think that changes the, the equation a little bit. Uh, but yeah, hard to really argue too much with that when you're talking about just talent in an organization from top to bottom, I think the Braves are definitely up there. Another one from Gus says, what do you think of the Ken Giles signing? I think it's under the radar sneaky that it's a low ceiling, high reward. Love the move. Just add more depth. Look, you can never go wrong with a, a minor league signing. These are the ultimate low risk signings. And that's why I say get all these that you can. I talked about Carlos Carrasco who signed a minor league deal with the Guardians last week or, or earlier this week. Go out and get all the minor league signings you can for these veteran players. Bring them in. It's a low risk, especially these guys like Ken Giles, like Nick Anderson last year, which is a signing that I absolutely loved when they made it last year. Somebody who's been really good before, hasn't been able to stay healthy. You get them on a minor league deal, which is basically no risk. It's not even low risk. It's essentially no risk. And if they bounce back like they performed before, then you get a huge, huge reward. So can never go wrong with these deals. Certainly like that. Uh, Dustin Mount says, spring training non-roster invitees list came out. Any surprises for you players that were on it or left off? I'm going to do a bigger podcast next week on non-roster invitees, but just see the Ken Giles name on there. And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, the Braves sign Ken Giles. It's just, it's how the Braves do business. Apparently it had been done for a while and nobody really knew until they sent out their non-roster invitee list, which is just kind of funny. And then Baltimore Braves fan says, now that we know the NRIs, who do you think the bench ends up what do you think the bench ends up looking like on opening day? Do you still think we add someone before or during spring training? So if I had to guess right now, I'm going to go with Travis Darno, obviously, Luis Guillorme, David Fletcher, and Jordan Luplo. There's a decision to be made there between Guillorme and Fletcher and either J.P. Martinez or Forrest Wall on the bench. That, in my mind, is your group of guys that you look out look at right now. The only reason I say you don't need to carry another left-handed outfielder at this moment is because you have two of them, obviously, in Kelnick and Michael Harris. You're not taking Ronald Acuna Jr. out of the lineup, and you still have Marcelo Zuna, who can play outfield if you need to. So you can get by not having that other outfielder. You don't need a bench <laughs> for the Braves. I mean, who who are you pinch hitting for? Maybe Kelnick, which is why you have Jordan Luplo on the bench as a right-handed bat. Maybe you're going to pinch run for a catcher later in the game. I mean, you just, you don't really need a bench. These guys don't take days off. It's just, you're not pinch hitting for any of these guys. The bench just is really insignificant for the Braves. So that's why I say, you know, you maybe let these other guys, let JP Martinez, let Forrest Wall continue to get at bats at the minor league level. But that would be the conversation. Do you carry Giorme and Fletcher or do you put one of the left-handed outfield bats on that bench? That'd be with the discussion right now. You also have 
Um, you know, Luplo and Eli White in competition for that right-handed bat. I give the edge a little bit to Luplo, who's been really good against lefties in his career. All right, that is just the first wave of questions. So many more good questions to get to. I'll answer those here next. NFL postseason is here. In fact, it's almost over. You got the Super Bowl coming up soon, and you can get in on all the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is also easy to use. If you don't want to go over to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, you can use their app, which is super simple. They have live same-game parlays. Find bets in the new Explore tab. Make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays and so many more options to play. Obviously, you got the big game coming up in the Super Bowl. They'll have plenty of bets going on there that you can look into and get in on. Obviously, they got their Major League Baseball future bets happening right now. Ron Acuna Jr. You got an over-under on his home runs in at 37 and a half. I'm smashing that over. If I were a betting man, uh, I think he's definitely going to get over 40 again. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. Also make sure you visit FanDuel.com slash play safe for tools and resources to help you stay in control of the way you play. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. want to let you know that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. See our Guinness in the comments saying there's MLB baseball this month. Let's go. And there certainly is. The calendar's turned over to February. We will have pitchers and catchers arriving in just a couple of weeks. We'll have college baseball season starting in two weekends. February 16th. Cannot wait. That's when I really, really start getting into things. I love college baseball, especially that first month and a half to kind of bridge that gap to Major League Baseball. But we'll have our first spring training games at the end of the month. And then the regular season starts in March, at the end of March this year. So it is right around the corner. So certainly looking forward to that. I see Windgracer16 in here saying 05, Andrew, not 03, though that was a good year too, talking about the single season, that position player that you would bring in. Like I said, Andrew would be a really good choice as well for somebody. Uh, or Windgracer also said Eddie Matthews, best season at third. All right, let's jump back into these questions. Cass Buckeye says, the Braves do not seem to graduate many relievers. Is this a good thing or a bad thing, given that the guys who come up as relievers are almost all failed starters? Is it smart to do what A has done and splurge on the pen and free agency or rely on homegrown guys for starting pitchers and hitters? So, a loaded question. I don't know that there's one right answer to it. I, I will say, Braves have not done a good job turning failed starters into relievers. And it seems like they're very slow to make that change. Lucas Sims is obviously, you know, a good example of first round pick. They tried him so much as a starter, tried him as a starter, tried him as a starter. As far as I know, they never even tried him in the bullpen, move him over to the Reds in the Adam Duvall deal. And he's been a really good reliever over there for the Reds since that trade. I think that shift is coming. I think we're starting to see more of an emphasis on relief pitchers. 
Um, you know, Daisel Hernandez right now. We'll see what happens with Blake Burkhalter, but even he is somebody they drafted and he was a reliever at Auburn. They draft him and they're like, we're going to make him a starter. And then he gets injured. And so now we'll see what they do. But I, I think we're starting to see a little bit of a shift in that and then really starting to, ch- you know, change that development path to try to to develop some relievers because I I don't think <laughs> – it is smart to do what A has done and just spend so much on the bullpen. I think you can develop these guys and you get you know a really good bullpen of guys that you're paying league minimum pre-arb salaries to, like you have with A.J. Minter. Braves have not done a good enough job of that, and because of that, they've had to spend so much money on the bullpen. I mean, they are spending, what, $40 million plus on the bullpen right now? I would I would much rather see that investment go into starting pitching position players. And I would rather see them start to develop more relievers or knowing when to make that switch. Like Giancarlos Lara is a prospect I really love and I think could be a really good starting pitcher one day. But if that third pitch doesn't develop, start making that move to putting him making him a dynamite reliever. Or do what you did with some others in the past, like Max Fried or even Spencer Strider for a short time period. Bring them up as a reliever. You know, mix them into mix them in that way and then if there's an opportunity for them to start down the road, then put them into that role like they did with Max Fried and Spencer Strider. So, I don't think this organization has done the best at handling relievers and molding and developing relievers. I think it's certainly something they could do a better job of. Next one from Leland Hurt says, "What's the scoop on Giles?" Kind of already answered that. I think there's plenty of potential was 94, 96 in recent showings. Could be, you know, if all kind of comes back together for him, I think could be a seventh or eighth inning guy. He does have closer experience. Again, it's very similar to what we saw with Nick Anderson last year. Uh, another one from Leland says, who are our quality bench players? Kind of already discussed this one too, but Yorme and Fletcher are your top utility guys. I think Luke Waddell is probably in there behind him. Lurie Garcia as well as kind of your do-it-all kind of player jp martinez forrest wall your top left-handed outfield options and then jordan luplo and eli white are your top right-handed outfield options so that's the the quality depth that the braves have right now if you believe that that is quality depth last one from leland says what do you think of max's comments at braves fest about enjoying facing freddie and dansby i liked it (laughs) i mean i don't think there's any ill will or anything there i think max is just an incredibly competitive guy you don't know that by now watching Max and you haven't been watching very closely. Go watch game six of the 2021 World Series. He is a true competitor, friend, foe, doesn't matter. He's coming after you. Love that mentality from Max Freed. Stan Gardner says, what do you think about shortening the regular season to 160 games to accommodate a best of seven division series without changing the starting date of the regular season or the World Series? I would be all for that. I'd honestly be okay going back to 156 regular season games schedule. Um, While I want as much baseball as possible and I want it to go on as much as possible because I hate this part of the off season where we just really want some baseball. That's not going to change either way, but you do lose so many fans. It feels like the deeper you get into football season as teams get eliminated, this isn't going to change that. You're still going to be playing your biggest and best games while NFL's going on, college football's going on, NBA, NHL are starting up. It just, it is what it is at this point, but more so to Stan's point, to accommodate a seven game NLDS and to shorten up that gap 
bigger than anything in my mind between the end of the regular season and the start of the division series. I would love to see that happen. And I don't want to see the World Series drag on into November. Sean Griffin says, how do you feel about Vladdy being on the cover of MLB The Show instead of Ronald? Totally missed opportunity for EA. I mean, I was a little disappointed. I don't really care that much either way. I know there are even some rumors that maybe Ozzy Albies was going to be on it. It's not that big of a deal. I think it would have been perfect timing for Ronald to be on it after the season that he just had. I think there's one thing people have to keep in mind. If you're a fan of the game and just kind of into that, this was probably a decision that was made during the season last year. I mean, if they could have predicted the season that Ronald was going to have, I think they certainly would have put him on the cover, but you just can't predict those things. I do want to see Major League Baseball in general marketing Ronald Acuna Jr. more. I was very happy to see him all over their Twitter feed on Friday, I believe it was, going to the MLB shop, all of that. I need to see all of that Ronald Acuna Jr. content. He needs to be marketed like the best player in baseball. Uh, I know there's somewhat of a, a language barrier there, but I mean, I just, I think you got to market him better. He's the best player in baseball. He's the most exciting player in baseball. I'm obviously biased, but whether it's on the cover of a video game, whatever it may be, Major League Baseball, and I think Ronald wants it and I think he likes it. So you got somebody, and I don't give Mike Trout, you know, I give him no grief for not wanting to be in the spotlight, not wanting to be, you know, a marketing campaign. That is his prerogative, but you got somebody in Ronald who I think, embraces that and wants that take advantage of that and market him to the kids market him to major league baseball fans because he is that exciting as far as we know there is nothing bad in this kid's background let everybody know why would you not want to shout it to the world you got one of the most exciting talents in baseball coming off of one of the most historic seasons in baseball why would you not market that every chance that you have? So hopefully we continue to see that from Major League Baseball. Gus Shortstop says, are you worried about next year and a possible luxury tax reset with all the money coming off the books? Or do you think the Braves will care about it and just move the draft spot 10 spots backwards and keep the best team possible while spending money? I do think they'll try to reset next year. And I think it's a good time for it. You know, other than the need for some starting pitching, you know, I think sale is somewhat of insurance for Charlie Morton leaving. You're still going to have to try to replace Max Free, which you can't do. You're going to need somebody, a Waldrop, an A.J. Smith-Shawver, Darius Fine, somebody to step up in the rotation. But you could potentially have $80 million coming off the luxury tax next offseason, which would allow you to reset, put you under $200 million towards the luxury tax. The threshold is going to go up another $3 million, I believe, next year. But with Morton, Ozuna, Travis Darno, Bummer, Matzik, Mentor, and Max all coming off potentially, that's a lot. That's a lot of production you have to place. It also gives you a lot of money to play with to try to replace that production. But I do think they'll try to reset next year. Even the biggest markets of teams, which the Braves are the biggest market of teams right now, try to avoid that third straight year of going into the luxury tax threshold. But at the same time, I never thought the Braves would pay the luxury tax, and I never thought they'd be approaching the third luxury tax threshold as they are now. So who knows? It's a brand new world for the Braves and spending money. I wouldn't put anything past them, especially this window that they're in. Don't want anything holding them back. 
couple questions from Amber Sandwich here to finish off our social media or questions from social media. Having seen a few famous football coaches in their 70s hang it up recently, it got me thinking. Snicker's still a year or two away from 70, but if he decides to retire in the next few years, it's his replacement in the organization. I love Snit and I'm in no hurry for him to go. I've wondered myself, especially after the last contract that he signed that I think takes him through his age 70 season, if he would hang it up after that, especially if they win one more. Walt Weiss to me seems like the obvious candidate to take over for him. You know, Walt would have uh, Washington would have been great. You know, if he could stick around for that long, but he's not a young man himself. Walt Weiss isn't necessarily, you know, that young either. He I think he'd be around 62, 63 at that point. But I think Walt Weiss would be a, a pretty obvious internal candidate to take over if Snicker did step down once he turned 70. And then final one here. Do you think? Do you think the run Snicker has been on since taking over is the best anyone could have done in his position? Do you think there is a coach out there that could have had more success with the teams he has had? It's hard to really say. It's hard to really describe what type of impact, what type of on-field impact a manager actually has in today's games. I'm not taking away anything from Brian Snicker. This is an incredible collection of talent, and he would tell you that. Alex Anthopoulos told you that when he came over, that you know a lot of the work, the groundwork had already been done to build this core, and it was just him, his job to kind of steer that ship and not mess it up. And you can kind of say the same thing about Snicker. He was handed, you know, this great team, not necessarily when he started, but it was going into this great rebuild and this great collection of talent, and he's just kind of guided the ship. Now, do I think he's the best X's and O's manager? In baseball, no, but I think the main job of any manager this day is to maintain a clubhouse, and I think he does that better than anyone. And those guys absolutely love playing for Brian Snicker. He is a he's a players manager. I've talked about the fact I think he's loyal to a fault sometimes with players, but players love that. He gets them going when he needs to. He gets in their ear when he needs to. You talk about the the meeting. Uh, that series, you know, going into Arizona two years ago, he sometimes is, is slow to adjust the lineup at times, and there's some bullpen questions, certainly. But I think you could say that about any manager. But what, in my opinion, and I'm not a, I'm not in the clubhouse, I'm not a Major League Baseball player, but in my opinion, one of the most important things for a manager to do in today's game is to manage the personalities in the clubhouse and from my outsider's perspective and from what I hear from those who do you know, follow the team more closely and are around the team, those guys love playing for him. So I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think anybody could have done a job any better than what Brian Snicker has done. Look, this last two postseasons, other than the game three, leaving Bryce Selder in too long, not much that he could do differently. I mean, the offense just didn't show up this past year. Pitching fell apart the year before because of injuries. That's kind of out of his hand, but in 2021, he pushed all the right buttons to win that World Series, and you got to give him a lot of credit for that. So he has been great. We'll see how much longer he sticks around. All right, got a couple of news items to get to, including a huge trade involving Corbin Burns with the Orioles and the Brewers. We'll discuss that next.
Want to remind you one more time that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, a little bit of news, or some big news rather, uh, from around Major League Baseball here. Kevin Pillar signs with the Chicago White Sox minor league deal. Hate to see that. I think his production's a little bit overblown from what he did on the field with the Braves last year, but I did love having him here, and I thought if he were going to come back for another season, it would be with the Braves, but he'll probably get a you know much better chance of playing with the White Sox. Maybe the Braves go trade for him at the deadline if they still need a, a right-handed bat at that point, but Kevin Pillar... Signing a minor league deal with the White Sox. But the big news, the Orioles, the Baltimore Orioles trade for Corbin Burns. They give up Joey Ortiz, shortstop prospect, D.L. Hall, left-handed pitcher, and the 30, I believe it was the 35th pick in the upcoming draft. The package doesn't look overwhelming for somebody who's probably a top five pitcher in all of baseball. And I think this goes to show you a lot of people have been saying, well, why don't you trade Max Freed? You're not getting much for a rental player. You're not, you're certainly not replacing the value. This isn't going to replace Corbin Burns. The Brewers are now a worse team because they have traded Corbin Burns. If the Braves were to trade Max Freed now, they would be a worse team. Maybe it helps them in future years. Maybe they figure out DL Hall, who has really good stuff but command issues. Maybe this helps them down the road. But for 2024, it would make the Braves a a worse team. This makes the Brewers a worse team for 2024. The package is a little bit underwhelming. There's people who are split on Ortiz. Some think he's going to be a great shortstop and be able to stick there defensively and be a really good hitter that has some power. D.O. Hall, like I said, kind of a, a little bit of a project. Great stuff. Top prospect. Hasn't been able to put it all together. Going to a great organization with the Brewers to help him do that. And then they get a you know a comp A pick in the upcoming draft. So it's not a terrible deal by any means, but it's certainly not the type of package I think you would expect for somebody who's a top five pitcher. And I don't know what the Brewers are doing. Like I said, this trade, in my opinion, makes them worse in 2024. They just signed Reese Hoskins. What does this mean for Willie Adamas? What are they doing over there in Milwaukee? We'll certainly see. You know, the Brewers get the comp pick they would have gotten had they, you know, given Corbin Burns a qualifying offer and then they get two really good prospects. So I get it from that standpoint. It's just, it felt a little underwhelming when I first saw it. I thought there's gotta be more to this, but that is the deal. So that's a little bit of the news here lately. We're starting to see more come in, uh, you know, here lately, still waiting to see Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, um, Cody Bellinger, others see what happens there. I uh, see Miguel Freya talking about uh, Mark DeRosa. He's certainly somebody as a, a manager, a candidate to be the manager in the future. I know he's interviewed for some jobs, uh, so he certainly could be somebody else in that. I thought he'd be somebody that maybe came in as a, a coach with all the coaching changes that we've had recently, uh, but was not meant to be. We'll see what happens later uh, with Mark DeRosa in his managerial career, but I think that'd be another good name to look at. All right, sorry if I didn't get to your question in the comment section. If I did not, please put it down in the comment section below on YouTube, and I'll get to those there. I try to get to every comment in the comment section on YouTube, so thank you for sending those in there. 
But that will do it for this episode of Locked On Braves. Hope you all have a great weekend. And as always, in case, unless Alex Anthopoulos goes out and he signs Blake Snell or Jordan Montgomery, we'll have our Miners Monday episode on Monday. Get into our regular content throughout the week. Make sure you subscribe to Locked On Braves on YouTube. Trying to get to 9K, get the 10K by opening day. Make sure you follow us on social media at Lockdown underscore Braves and at Shortstop Ball. Make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the Lockdown Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast. And we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias, DC Lundberg, Ryan Finkelstein, Taylor Blake Ward, host of Locked On Yankees, Locked On Mariners, Locked On Mets, Locked On Angels, and you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 